Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Tonight, I want to jump into this word. It's titled, We Need to Talk Christian Witch Doctors. I want to share with you guys prophetically this word. There are two things, and we're actually going to go verse by verse partially through Acts chapter 8, because I'm going to show you two things, I believe these are prophetic, that are happening right now in the body of Christ. Maybe you're not aware of them. Maybe you don't know what's going on in the body of Christ. Maybe you're not aware of the infiltration that is happening right now with new age spirits and new age teachings and demonic doctrines and all these other things that are happening. But I believe there's two things that are happening right now in the church and prophetically will continue to dramatically increase. I'm gonna talk about the dramatic increase of these two signs that I believe are happening and I'll tie them in together and I'll show you Acts chapter eight, how these two things run parallel. Number one, the first thing is, and then we're just gonna go right into the word, is a wave of persecution in the United States. Number one thing that we're seeing happen and is going to increase and we need to be prepared. As the body of Christ, I labeled this as a prophetic warning Because I'm telling you, you need to be prepared for the coming days. You cannot be asleep in these hours. You cannot be prayerless in these hours. This is not the time, and I know this is going to make some people mad, but I just have to say it. This is not the time to be going to a lukewarm church. This is not the time to be going to a compromised church. This is not the time to have a prayerless Christian life. This is not the time to lose your fire, to be discouraged, to to have all this laziness set in. Summertime is not the time that we take vacation from salvation. This is the hour, and I'm speaking, I really believe prophetically tonight, that there is a wave coming of mass persecution from government leaders, from culture, from society, and the pressure is going to be pressed on us like never before. Now, you guys know many social media influencers, I don't want to just say just me, have been banned on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I've been banned several times. I got permanently banned on TikTok and then unbanned. I've been restricted on Facebook for 90 days over and over. I'm on a 90 day restriction right now where nobody sees my content. I've gotten strikes, I've gotten bans, I've got community guidelines over on Instagram, over on TikTok. I've lost my monetization on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. I'm off the monetization program. I cannot get no ads on my page and make no money, zero dollars. Everything has been stripped because the gospel is being proclaimed. Now, when you see the alphabet community, when you see the alphabet community rising up against the church, when you see culture rising up and the pressure is, what side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the side that stands for truth and stands for righteousness? Or are you going to be on the side that bows down to culture? So I'm just letting you guys know that our time of freedom and freedom of speech is limited. The time that I'm able to be on here and preach to you guys is limited. It's running out. There's an urgency. It's running short. So I don't take tonight lightly. There's 2,500 of you on here live. I'm proclaiming the gospel. I'm sharing with you guys some prophetic things, signs that are happening. And these are not, when I say prophetic, I'm talking about they're happening now, but they're going to increase. I'm not giving you some word of knowledge that you don't know. I'm not telling you some deep prophetic word that no one sees coming. This is already happening. The prophetic word I'm giving you is it's going to increase and continue to increase. It'll keep happening 
on a deeper, deeper level, a stronger level. And we're seeing that right now. We're going to continue to see social media influencers banned. We're going to continue to see a war against the gospel, the alphabet community, their, their agenda, the culture's agenda, the agenda to paint us as bigots, as haters, as liars, as all of this stuff will continue. So we need to be vigilant. We need to hold tight to our faith. This is not the time. And then, and then I'm going to point to number two, and then we're going to break down the word. This is not the time to be silent or to lose your courage. The devil wants to discourage you. That's to lose your courage, to rob you of your courage. And friend, I felt it. I felt it today. I was dealing with all of this, man, I'm having anxiety and discouragement and this weight on me. What is this? This is that discouragement that the devil brings to rob me of my courage. Do you know, friend, I almost canceled this broadcast 30 minutes before. Sinus headache, sinus infection, oh, head pounding, anxiety. What, what is going on? What is going on? And I thought, I was a, I was a minute away from saying, I'm going to move the stream to Friday. I'm not going to stream tonight. I haven't been live in 20 days. I'm not going to go live tonight. And then I sat here, I was going over the scriptures and my notes, and I was going, battling this, fighting. I don't, and it's, it's the pressure of discouragement. And some of you, I'm speaking right now to you that you've been dealing with discouragement. Pastors, leaders, don't be discouraged. Turn the page. Keep picking up your Bible. Keep getting into prayer. Keep getting into worship. Don't stop fasting. Fight for this thing. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know, I'm going to cancel. Maybe, maybe not. It's 4.30, it's 5 o'clock. I'm supposed to be getting, and I'm just battling and fighting. I feel it. It's supernatural. It's a wave coming. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to stand on the scripture. I'm not going to bow. People want me to bow. I'm not going to bow. People want me to be silent. I'm not going to be silent. We got to stand with holiness. Friend, 12 years ago, I made a commitment to God. I said, God, I'll live holy. God, I'll live righteous. I'll, I'll preach your word if I lose all of my friends. If no one likes me anymore, if I'm canceled by the mob of mainstream media, of politics, of the Christian world, if they cancel me, I'm too legalistic, whatever. Lord, I don't care. If God is God, then serve him. I said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, I will be willing, friend, hear me tonight, strong, to lose every one of my friends if it means standing by the word of God. I'll lose every one of my friends, every person I've ministered with, every church, if it means I'm taking the stand to stand for righteousness and boldly speak against what's happening in culture right now. There's so much demonic garbage happening in culture. There's so many people in culture right now. Nick Jones is in the chat right now speaking against this agenda and we're getting backlash. We're getting attacked for it, but we keep pushing and we keep fighting. So there will be a wave of persecution in the United States banned off of social media platforms, influencers, preachers, pastors, be ready, be prepared. Don't be shocked when they ban us. Don't be shocked when they cancel us. Don't be shocked when you're on the front page of Reddit as a bigot, as a hater, as, a, as all this. Jesus did it. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, tonight. Jesus didn't die a noble death, friend. I want to remind you that Jesus died as an enemy to religion and to politics and to the Roman Empire. It wasn't noble. You think they're going to give you a noble death? You think you're going to die nobly? Like they're going to, oh, you know, we're just, no, it's not going to be noble. It's going to be a horrific thing. Some of us in this chat will lose our lives for the gospel. Guys, I've been preaching this for 12 years. We're, we'll be burned at the stake. And it's real. Hear me tonight. And it's coming. It's coming to a country near you. Some of you are in the country already persecuted. 
But America, we're not, we're not this, oh, you know, freedom. No, there's not. For us as Christians, there's not religious freedom. We can't speak our minds. We can't speak against the culture and the world. And so as we proclaim the Bible, holiness, the power of God, deliverance, friend, the, the culture hates casting out demons. They hate deliverance. As we press, as we push, there will be resistance and there will be a wave of persecution. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what time it could be. One year, five years, 10 years. I'm not claiming to know the date or time or hour. I just know the Lord is downloading this on me in prayer. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Well, Isaiah, just go stream to rumble. No, friend. Friend, you're not hearing me. It's not that. It's not just go do another, go to another platform. I'm talking about getting shut down, getting canceled for preaching the gospel by this culture, by the people. We have never seen this. Our, our speech has been taken from us. You type out, Jesus, I, I made a video, Jesus will overcome the Antichrist in the book of Revelation, and I get taken down for violence and hate speech. I get permanently taken down. I have 20 videos taken off of TikTok, community guideline strike for hate speech inciting violence. I wrote a thing like, Jesus loves you, banned, taken down, restricted. I made a video on Facebook. This is why I'm even in restriction from Facebook. I made a video on Facebook. Literally, it was a 35-second video where I quoted Psalms 103, and I said, God can heal all sickness and all disease. Let me pray for you. And I said a 15-second prayer that God would heal people listening. Facebook bans my account. They take it to the next level. They manually say, nope, we're keeping the ban. We're restricting your account. No one will see your stuff. And my stuff went from reaching multi-millions of people a week to literally 1,000 people. 12 likes on a post that was getting 100,000 views, 20,000 views for praying for the sick. And they said, well, you can't pray for the sick. You can't use the word disease. You can't do that on our platform. And it's worse on the other platforms. And so we're, we're pushing back. The culture is pushing on us, is attacking us, is trying to shut us down. So we're going to see that wave continue. We're going to see a mass banning of social media influencers. It's already started. We're going to see a massive persecution for not embracing what the alphabet community and what the pride agenda has to say, what the culture has to say, not only that, with what corrupt and demonic churches have to say. We'll be getting canceled. Preachers that preach the truth will be getting canceled by the church. So that's number one of what I'm going to tie in tonight. I'm already going long here. I need to go. Number two, please hear me word for word when I say this. This is the second prophetic thing that's happening right now. And it's happening, and we addressed this a few weeks ago, and we're going to keep addressing it, and it's going to keep happening. And you're like, well, I haven't seen this. Well, you will. I haven't seen number two. Well, you will see number two. So be ready for it. I'm trying to prepare you for when this happens. You're ready. It's already happening and happened and continuing to happen, but it's going to get worse. So please hear, heed the warning that God is giving us tonight, that God is speaking to us tonight. Number two, an infiltration of new age practices... Look at this, demonic ministry, false reformations, false revivals, false signs and wonders, false deliverances, and many, many led astray from teaching of the Bible in the church. Let me say that again, demonic ministries, false reformations, false revivals, there right now, we have an, oh, an open 
border crisis happening right now in the American church. The borders of the American church are wide open for any teaching to enter in, for any preacher, and we're not allowed. Now, I have not made a ministry of calling anyone out. 1,400 videos, 140 million views on my channel, and I have never called. I don't call people out by names. I've yet to call anyone out by name. So I'm not trans becoming this heresy hunter, but I'm telling you right now, this garbage has to be called out. This infiltration of the New Age movement. As deliverance ministers, as watchmen, how could we allow these false reformations and false signs and wonders to happen in the church and getting people to stray from biblical Bible teaching? We got to teach the Bible. We got to teach the word. We got to walk in purity. How are we going from marriage to marriage and person to person and church to church? And we have leaders and pastors out here saying fornication isn't sin. It's not, it's not explicitly sin. Yes, yes. Fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. We are going against Orthodox Christian doctrine that's been thousands of years being fought for. The Bible, the word of God. This is why I started the verse by verse teachings. We gotta be in the word. And what you see is people getting online, going on and on ranting and raving with no scripture, with no biblical backing. Guys, we, we are gonna stand before God on judgment day for abusing the people of God. Give your $5,000, your $1,000 seed. What are you even talking about? If you don't give a thousand, you won't get delivered. That's garbage. Teaching people to leave their bodies, go into the astral realm. This is pastors teaching this trash. This is how you leave your spirit and, and project in the astral realm and fight spiritual warfare. You can see St. Michael and you can see this is Christians. And then this is coming into the churches. Friends of mine, their churches, they're allowing this to be taught. I'm going, and I'm, I'm thinking like, am I missing something? Is, is something wrong with me? And then whenever you teach against it, you become the bad guy. Now I'm the bad guys. Oh, don't, don't talk about that. Don't, what about astral projection? About opening up your third eye? This is demonic. We got to stand against this. About manipulating people to get married and to have babies and do all of this weird stuff and controlling people, the remote control anointing. What are you guys even do, talking about? This, is, this isn't wrong? Guys, I'm, I'm alarmed. I'm heartbroken for the church. I have nothing to gain calling this trash out. We need a border. We need, and I'm not trying to be political with this, we need a wall. We need a wall. Walls are biblical. We have open borders. Somebody needs to stand on the wall. Do I have anybody in the chat? I see Alex Garrett stands on the wall. Anybody standing on the wall going, no, not in my family, not in my church. Pastors, where are you at? How are we going to allow stuff to come in and say that stuff isn't sin and and, and same-sex marriage isn't sin, brother. What are you talking about? Homosexuality isn't, isn't a sin. Bible's not clear. Bible's not clear on it. Back then, it didn't mean that. No, the Bible is clear. The problem is we're following other spirits. We're following other spirits. And I'm not saying people know they are. I'm not, I'm not saying you're maliciously being, but we have Christian witch doctors right now in the body of Christ, right now, that are infiltrating and you know who's tolerating it? The people of God. You know who's okay with it? You know what Paul said? Paul said to the church, you happily put up with what anyone tells you, even if they preach a different gospel, a different Jesus, or a different spirit. There is a different Jesus, a different gospel, and a different spirit being preached. And I don't care 
who you are. I don't care if you're my best friend. I don't care if you're a preacher that's my family member. I will not stand with false doctrine with different spirits coming in. Oh, brother, well, guys, I have had, oh, help me, Holy Spirit, tonight to use wisdom, God. I've had well-known pastors and beloved friends of mine that go, oh, it's just a little bit of witchcraft, Isaiah. It's just a little bit. Yeah, I agree, it's, it's witchcraft, but it's not just, it's just a, a little bit. It's not like the whole thing is. Friend, no, no. Just like if 1% of the candy was rat poison, you wouldn't eat it. We can't allow it. We have to have watchmen that will stand guards. We need, we need Ezekiel's and Jeremiah's and people on the wall to not allow this to come into the church, this false reformation. There's a new move of this. Friend, the move of God has been going on for thousands of years. We're not looking to a new manifestation or a new revelation or a new teaching that's going to tell us we can live wickedly. And, and I'm going to show you later some of the marks of false teachers, but you're going to see one of them is living in sexual immorality and justifying it. L claiming, I got, a, I got another dream and talk, I talked to another angel. Like getting all this revelation. Do you know... Oh, do you know almost every cult started with getting revelation from an angel that appeared to them? An angel appeared to me and told me this new revelation, told me this is no longer sin and this is okay and it's okay if I do this and okay I do that. An angel came. Friend, do you know dangerous? Now, if an angel shows up and gives you a message, it better be leading you to Christ. It is, it is biblical. I've, I have a whole hour and a half on angels, on how angels can appear and minister Hebrews 1. So I'm not against that. But when you have angels and they are angels they're fallen angels telling you that you can live in sin and it's not sin and you can fornicate and you can do this and that friend when you have people telling you you're gonna die in two years the lord showed me that is witchcraft beloved what are we doing defending this garbage what are we doing i'm the bad guy tonight i'm the bad guy for going against this trash for going to get and it's sad i even have to do this and preach this and talk about this but I'm just saying for my community, for my ministry, I'll lose everything over partnering with that. Never, never partner. I have a word for you that you're going to die in two years. That's witchcraft, textbook, delusion, confusion, false reformation, demonic ministry. No, friend, Muhammad had an angel come to him and give him revelation. Joseph Smith, in fact, Muhammad had an angel. He thought, he said, oh, it was a demon. His family said, no, it wasn't a demon. That's how Islam started. Do your research. I have videos on this. Joseph Smith had an angel come to him, give him a revelation. So guys, if we're having angels giving us new revelations, we have you have angels giving us new downloads, new direction, and we're the only ones. Everyone else is false. Everyone else is false. We're the only ones. We don't want to partner with anyone else. It's just me getting these revelations. There is damnable heresy happening in the church, and it's infiltrating, and it'll keep infiltrating because the people of God allow allow it i'm seeing stuff embraced right now i'm not mentioning any names i'm not throwing shade at people i'm being as polite and as biblical as i can be will there be a time where i'll call it names maybe probably but right now i'm being led by the spirit and the holy spirit hasn't released me and i'm just gonna preach what he gives me i'm seeing stuff embraced that is so wrong so dark and so twisted and i'm and i'm actually shocked by what's being embraced and by the people that are embracing it it's mind-blowing to me but we need to stand on the wall. We need to stand on the side of righteousness. There's no factions. There's no side of Isaiah, side of this person. There's no sides. That's all carnal. That's all fleshly. There's no groups. 
There's no demon slayer group or this group or this ministry or that or deliverance group or deliverance network group. None of that. There's no groups. There's no such thing as a demon slayer group. There's four guys that two and a half years ago started a group chat together, became started a brotherhood, and we jokingly renamed our group chat Demon Slayers, and we did podcasts together, uh, Apostle Pagani, Pastor Mike Signorelli, and Pastor Vlad, and we started a Demon Slayer podcast, and we bring people on, and we have people on, and we have people off, and there's us four, and then there's eight of us, there's six of us, nine of us. There's no groups, there's no factions, there's no, I'm a Demon Slayer, I'm this, I'm not part of that. That's all, that's all seventh grade. That's all seventh grade. None of, I'm of a Paul, I'm of Paul. We're all planning, we're all working, we're all doing our thing. Okay, there's none, none of that. But what we are seeing is an embracing of new age in the church right now. M mass, mass. Like, is he talking about so-and-so? I'm talking about the masses are embracing it and we need to stand against it. I'm telling you right now, we need to stand against this stuff. My heart is broken by some of the stuff that's being allowed. Look at what Acts 20, 28 says. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock his church purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit, this is applying to me right now, has appointed you as a leader. Okay, so the Holy Spirit has appointed me as a leader. If you're a leader of the church, this is to you. Verse 29 of Acts chapter 20. Look at what Paul says here in the midst of revival. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come among you after I leave and not spare the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and, and depart from the truth to draw following. Let me say that again. Even some from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Verse 31, watch out. Remember the three years I was with you. My constant watching care for you night and day and many tears for you. Paul says, listen, there will be people rising up. There will be demonic doctrines rising up. There will be demonic teachings rising up. There'll be new age teachings entering the church astral projection, third eye, all of this trash, that's new age, this will be coming normal. And if we allow this stuff in, it will get worse and worse. We're going to see an infiltration. Now you might say, well, why would God allow false prophets and false teachers to deceive people or to preach his word? How could they be preaching his word? Now we know there's different Jesuses. So just because someone says, in the name of Jesus, doesn't mean it's the name of Jesus. Deuteronomy 13.1 says, if a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears and announces to you a sign or a wonder. And if the sign or the wonder spoken takes place and the prophet says, let us now follow other gods than the gods we've known and let us worship other gods. You must not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer. This is Deuteronomy 13.1. The Lord your God, look at what it says. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and all your soul. Look at what Deuteronomy 13 is saying. Here we have a prophet, which by the way, I believe in the fivefold ministry. I have multiple teachings. I talked a couple weeks ago on the prophetic. I believe in prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Just to be clear, I believe in Ephesians 4.11, 100% all the way. Deuteronomy is saying, Deuteronomy 13.1 is saying, if a prophet comes and says, this is the word of God and that thing comes to pass, okay? So they prophesy or a sign and wonder happens and it comes to pass. You're like, why would God allow it to come to pass? It says this, the Lord God is testing you to find out if you love him, if you're going to follow him. That, that prophet, Deuteronomy says, says, let's go now follow other gods because my prophecies are coming to pass. I have power, okay? He says, my prophecies are coming to pass. But now that prophet starts leading you to other gods, other idols, other ideas, new age practices, and you go, let's follow them. 
God says, I allowed this because I'm testing to see whether you love me with all your heart and all your soul. God is testing the body of Christ and a lot of people right now to see where they're at. Do they know the word? Are they in prayer? Do they know the scripture? Do they know the deception happening? People that don't know the word, people that are, don't know scripture, people that don't spend time in prayer and in, the, and, and in the Bible, they're just blown to and fro with new doctrines. New doctrines. Oh, that's a new, I got to follow this person. I got to follow, I got to follow Isaiah. I got to follow God. I got to follow Mike. I got to follow so-and-so, whoever. I got to follow. You're just running from place to place. Revival meeting, revival meeting, like a spiritual drug addict looking for your next prophetic word. When you haven't done nothing with the 20 prophetic words you have in your binder. You're just running from place to place to get another prophecy. Well, their prophecies came to pass. They're using the name of Jesus. And, and God says, I'm testing to see if you love me. Corrupt people are drawn to corrupt leadership. When you don't truly love God, know God, or follow God, you're going to allow this stuff blindly in your life. And sadly, a lot of preaching today, especially in America, is telling people it's okay to serve other gods. It's okay to serve money. It's okay to serve complacency. It's okay to worship and put your family and put this and put your life above God. It's fine. It's fine to follow other gods. It's fine to preach a different Jesus. It's fine to preach a different gospel. It's fine to preach a different spirit. We're following after other gods. Look at what Jeremiah 5.30 says. A horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy lies and the priests rule by their own authority. And my people love it this way. But what will you do in the end? Jeremiah 5.30. God says the people are giving false prophecies and there's these priests have, are dominating with power manipulating people, but my people love it. My people love it. What are we doing out here? You guys love this. We love these false words. We love these signs and wonders, this manipulation happening because you love it. My people love false prophets and they love false prophecies. We need to come to grips with this. Deception, write this down, is a cooperative act. Deception is a cooperative act. In order for a false teacher, false leader, or a Christian witch doctor to deceive you, they have to have something that you want. They have to have something. So they have these nice prophetic words that appease the flesh, these watered down sermons where there's no repentance, there's no calling out of sin, no holiness lifestyle, look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. We prophesy to people in complete sin and say, God has amazing stuff for you. We prophesy to people in complete sin and say, God has an amazing plan. I see this happening to you and this blessing in your future if you give this amount of money. Why do we love it? Because it appeals to the flesh. The word doesn't call us out of sin. When's the last time you heard a prophetic word? I see sin in your life and God is calling you out of that sin. Where are those prophetic words at? It's always prosperity. It's always this is coming, this blessing, this marriage, this breakthrough, this, this good, 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 good. But the Bible's clear. My people love this. They love these smooth candy crush preachers these sour patch kid preachers that are fine with sin we've been seduced as the body of christ we've been seduced by these spirits and by these teachers and you're gonna see i'm telling you right now again i have i'm not thinking of people in my mind i'm not indirectly talking about people if you're watching this let me just be very blunt and clear tonight because i've gone too soft if you're watching this and you're like, he must be talking about me while my he's talking. You're a narcissist. You're a narcissist. You think everyone thinks about you. Everyone talks about you. Everyone posts is about you. If you think every post on everyone's page is indirectly at you, you are a narcissist. Nobody cares that much. I am giving a message to the body of Christ that we are allowing these things in. We are allowing witchcraft in. We are allowing compromise in. We are allowing sin in the body of Christ. 
and we're not standing up against it. So you're going to start seeing, don't be shocked, I'm prophesying to you, a holy separation. You're going to see a holy separation. You're going to see people that are siding with erroneous, new age, anti-biblical, anti-Christ teachings, and you're going to see people siding with orthodox scripture. The word of God, what does it plainly say? The word of God is not okay with fornication. It's not okay with same-sex marriage. It's not okay with domination. It's not okay with witchcraft. It's not okay with astral projection. It's not okay with, it's not compatible. Astral projection is not compatible. Third eye is not compatible, friend. Remote control anointing is not compatible. These things are not compatible. All the teachings we're seeing. You could have this and you could get married all these times and all that. Oh, it's not compatible. It's not compatible. We have people out here. You could just leave your wife and find a new wife. And you see multiple marriages over and over. It's like, it's not, it's not compatible. There's only biblically three grounds for divorce and remarriage. The spouse dies. The spouse abandons you because of your faith or their sexual sin. That's it. We can't invent new ways. Oh, your wife's not the woman of God you thought she was. You can find a new one here at our church. What? Hello, is anybody in the chat tonight? Why are we teaching this stuff? Why are we allowing this stuff? It's dark. It's wrong. Lives are being shattered. Lives are being ruined. We can't be seduced. We need to turn to the Lord. We need to turn to repentance. So you're going to see a holy separation happening in the body of Christ. You're going to see God separating those that are for him and those that are against him. There's a separation coming. Those that serve Baal and those that don't. I want to, I want to show you something. A, a revival. Actually, let me open this up here. If this works. Okay. A revival that breaks out in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to show you something that's happening right now that happened in this revival. So let's look at Acts chapter 8 if you have your Bible. And I'm going to give you some marks of a false teacher here in a little bit. So stay on here. And then later I'll, I'll share with you my secret about how I did that thing in the intro and got rid of my mustache in one second. Okay. Acts chapter 8. I won't go. I wanted to go into persecution. I'll save this for another day because I didn't realize I was going to go 30 minutes on those two warnings there. But Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says, Therefore those who were scattered whenever we're preaching the word. Now a backdrop is, Saul is persecuting the church. Saul is killing Christians. He's dragging them out of their home and getting them killed. And there's mass persecution happening. And in the midst of that, the persecution put pressure on the disciples and caused them to go out and preach the word. But look at what happens in Acts 4. They're scattered and they, they go everywhere preaching the word. This is the call of every believer. Everywhere you go, preach the word and go everywhere. I'm going to go on this. I'm going to go on that. Whatever your calling is, wherever you work, whatever school you go to. For me, my calling right now specifically is preaching in churches and going on social media. So I'm spending my hours and days putting out this content. There's 3,500 of you on here going, bringing this everywhere I can on social media. Now, maybe in a year or two or three, God says, Isaiah, this is a, you have a new calling. This is where you're going to go. And I'll go there, whatever. If God tells me tomorrow to get off here and never be on social media, I'll do it. I want to go wherever he wants me to go. So they went everywhere. They went everywhere. There's nowhere they weren't willing to go. And then Philip, look at what Philip does in verse 5. Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. What was Philip preaching? Christ. Christ. Guys, I want you to notice something. Philip did not have a new deep mystery in Revelation. Now, I think mysteries in Revelation are biblical. And we do that tonight. We're doing revelation. I'm giving you revelation of the scripture. But we have to be very, very careful that we're not doing all of these teachings, but not preaching Christ. Philip's message was Christ. 
It wasn't a new way to live in sin and get away with it. It wasn't a new mysterious deep revelation no one's ever heard before about Jesus and, and Gabriel and Michael. Like, I, I'm so confused by these prophets that are like, Michael's right here next to me. No, he's not. Stop lying on God. Gabriel just whispered in my ear. No, he didn't. Please. Do you really think 7 billion people, God is doing all this, and Gabriel came down to your conference, to your event, and whispered in your ear that that guy's going to die in three years? Guys, we have to stop with this. We got to go back to preaching Christ. I'm calling all pastors, all leaders. I'm blowing the trumpet. Preach Christ. Preach Christ. This is the only thing that works. We're preaching about our ministries, our churches, all of this. We'll go on hour, two hour videos with no scripture, with no even preaching. I'm like, how did you just go an hour, two hours, three hours, and you didn't even preach anything about Christ? It was all about you and your ministry and what you do and what it's like. We got to preach Christ. Talk about the crucifixion, the ascension, the 39 lashes, the teaching of the kingdom, the resurrection of Christ, him coming back and showing himself to the disciples, how Christ can drive the demons out, how Christ can heal the sick. Come on, where are you guys at in the chat? How Christ opened up death, how Christ changed your life. I, I want to tell you, friend, I again, I'm going to keep reminding you for those like, you must not like the prophetic. I did an hour and a half teaching a couple weeks, so I love the prophetic. I prophesy. Every time I'm doing altar ministry, I, I prophesy. I'm prophesying with people at the altar. I'm laying hands and prophesying over them. I love prophecy. I would consider myself a prophetic preacher. Prophets in the Bible called people out of sin, not people into sin. This is the difference between prophets of the day now and prophets of the Bible. In the Bible, prophets called people out of sin. In today's world, prophets live in sin and then call people into the same sin they're living in. We need a purification in the prophetic movement. I believe in prophecy. I've met the guys. I preach with the Bob Jones of the world and that praise the Lord. I got the words. Thank you, Lord. I have many prophetic words I cherish and I love prophecy. I'll never despise prophecy. But when it comes to taking prophecy as our central message and not preaching Christ, remember prophecy is this. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. It's about Christ. It's not about what I can get from a prophetic word. Like we have these prophetic roulette wheels. We're like, maybe I'll get a prophecy from this. Preach Christ. Verse six, and the multitudes with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles, what he did. Praise the Lord. They heeded and they saw the miracles that he did. He was doing miracles. We all should be doing miracles. Now, Philip is just to note here, the only named evangelist in scripture. So there's only one person in all of the Bible that has the name and title of evangelist. There were tons of evangelists in scripture, but I'm just being explicit. The named evangelist was Philip. So what is the model for evangelism? If we need to find it, there's only one guy in the scripture named Philip the evangelist. We all should do the work of the evangelist. What, what did he do? Let's look at what he did. He preached. So we know, okay, preaching, important, biblical, uh, for unclean spirits, verse seven, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So what did he do? Three things. He preached, he cast out devils, and he healed the sick. These are three activities we should do as Christians. We should do as pastors that we should see in revival. I'm in revival, but there's no demons being cast out. There's no miracles happening and there's no Jesus being preached. That's not revival. You're not an evangelist. When you preach against deliverance, it doesn't make you an evangelist. When you preach against miracles, you're not an evangelist. This is the recipe. 
The recipe is you preach Christ. Demons are cast out. They cry out with a loud voice. Why are the people screaming at your guys' events? Why are people crying out? Because it's biblical. Because demons scream when they leave. Crying out with a loud voice came out of many, and that word is obviously demonized, but they translate it possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So the sick were healed. The lame were healed. This is the power of God. This is the power of God. But here's what I want to key in on. I want to zoom in on is Acts chapter 8, verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon. And this is what we have in our generation, beloved, right now. Who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. This is one thing you're going to see with counterfeit reformations, demonic ministries, counterfeit prophecy, and counterfeit moves of God, is you will have Simon-like preachers. Please hear me tonight. Simon-like ministers that are actually Christian sorcerers and Christian witch doctors who will practice sorcery. And the mind-blowing thing is we're allowing this in the church. And I'm like, am I like in a fever dream? I'm the only, I'm crazy. I'm, I'm bad for doing this. I'm bad for preaching this tonight. Like I will literally get response videos, text messages, and hatred from people from preaching against this. How dare you talk about the man of God? Stop, stop, read the Bible. He was astonishing people. So the signs and wonders and the, and the sorcery he was doing was astonishing. <gasps> How'd you know? How'd you know? You knew my phone number. Now, oh man, I hate to say this, guys. I hate to say this. When you are, I'm just going to make a general statement that I've made this statement for 10 years. So before you're like, oh, you're calling them out and cry, please go cry on someone else's channel. I'm going to make a general statement, okay? Just general statement. And you can take it from whatever you want, but I've been in the green rooms. I've been doing this for 12 years. I've preached in over 500 churches. I can't tell you the stuff I've seen. When you have a prophetic conference and the person has to fill out their information, let's just, let's just, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to accuse anyone of anything. I'm just going to make a general body of Christ statement. If you have a prophetic conference, let's just do the math on this. And you tell people, I need your info, your address, your phone number, your this, your prayer requests, family members, all this info. This is this happens all the time, just in case you didn't know. And you register on that event to go to that prophetic conference and you give them all your info. Now, can God give? I have had God give me someone's social security number. Yes, God can give phone numbers. Yes, God can give addresses. Yes, God, I believe it. I flow in this. I believe it 100%. Yes, God. But I'm. it's very sus to me when you're at a prophetic conference with someone, all their information, and you know every person's phone number of every person you're prophesying over. Do you think it's rare? Do you think it's weird that only certain prophets are able to call someone up and say, this is your phone number, this is your, and then the next video, they're having a remote control anointing, controlling people with their with the Holy Spirit in their words? Do you think it's weird? Like, how is that guy in one video teaching the third eye and then controlling people's body with his hands, saying that he has a remote control, dressing literally like a witch doctor, like literally clothing, all black, long garments, dressing like a witch doctor, how they dress. And then you're over there and they're prophesying to you while looking at their phone. And then you're like, whoa, how'd they know their number? I mean, I'm just saying when you sign up and give all the info and then you have people that are Christian witch doctors Getting info somehow, it's always the reg it's always the conference registration info. I'm just confused by it all. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just saying there's sus stuff happening in the body of Christ. And then you see some of these same people when they travel 
We don't see them prophesying. We don't see them giving out phone numbers. We don't see them knowing addresses. So why is it just at the church, at the conference you're doing it? I'm saying, guys, we need to be aware because the goal of all of the Christian witch doctor stuff I'm talking about, the new age stuff, is to astonish you. Oh, you knew my, my you, you read my cards. You read my angel cards, the Ouija board. All of this stuff is to astonish you. You opened my third eye. I was at your meeting and my spirit came out of my body. Uh, this, it's that astonishment. I was astonished. This guy knew my, this guy knew my phone number. And again, legitimate prophets, God can give phone numbers. It's called a word of knowledge. So I'm not speaking against prophecy or I would be, I want to be very careful on this. I'm not speaking against words of knowledge because I would be a hypocrite to do that. What I'm speaking against is when we manipulate and use it as a parlor trick to astonish people to go ahead and tell them you need to give a $5,000 seed now that I gave you your phone number. When you're using it, the prophetic word to manipulate and say, you're going to die. I have literally heard prophets that are being embraced right now massively in the body of Christ say, if you don't give me this amount of money, you're going to die in a year and a half, says the Lord. That is witchcraft, guys. And please, I don't want to have to come with receipts. I will. I will. If it, if just this garbage keeps polluting the waters. But that's witchcraft. It's astonishment. If the goal is to astonish you. The astonishment blinds you to what really the word of God is saying and the simplicity of the gospel. It's weird to me. Again, believe in words of knowledge. But it's like, oh, Philip, why aren't you giving out everyone's phone number? Why? Philip is preaching the gospel. He's casting out demons. He's healing the sick. He's not making a show out of it. He's not making, he's doing those things. Verse 10, and call me religious. You're just immature, brother. You don't know about the deep levels of the mysteries of God. Friend, you're going so deep, you're swimming with Leviathan. Okay, don't tell me you're not deep, brother. You don't know. I, I by God's grace, I'm working my way through every verse in the New Testament, asking God for revelation. I've been preaching for 12 years solid, zero money scandals, zero sexual scandals. I've been with the same woman we just celebrated 10 years. We'll be celebrating 11 years soon. I've been walking clean. Say all you want, talk smack, make, your, make up your stories. But I'm telling you right now, I've been walking pure before God. The simplicity of the gospel, preach. Don't come at me. You're just not deep enough. I don't want to be so deep that everyone's asleep swimming with Leviathan. We don't need, we don't need deep, 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 deep mysteries. When we have the word of God, we have scripture. And of course, revelation, praise the Lord. Go to my podcast. I bring people in the time that have these deep mysteries, these deep revelations. It's amazing. But when you start getting off the word of God, this is the Christian witch doctors. They get off the word of God. They start saying, this is no longer sin. This is no longer wrong. An angel told me. So who do I believe? An angel or the Bible? Like, do I believe Jesus or do I believe the Bible? I, I got to stand with the Bible because none of, none of my friends are going to matter on judgment day. None of my ministry colleagues, none of the pastors are going to matter. I'm going to stand naked before God. We have to walk pure and I'm, I'm making this commitment to you as my community. Have you heard me name one person? No. Am I throwing shade? No. I'm calling out trash that's being allowed. And like I said, I am in deep prayer I've been in prayer for months about should I be calling out names and should I be doing, should I be reviewing? I don't know, God, what do you want me to do? I'm just doing right now what God wants me to do and I'm following the Holy Spirit and I'm following my covering and I'm following my pastors and I'm following their guiding. I'm submitted to authority. Unlike many other people, I actually have authority that I'm submitted to. I actually have pastors that speak into my life. I was talking to my, my covering and my pastor for multiple hours the other day about all of this. 
He was telling me, don't, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't let people distract you. Don't get stuck in. Don't rise above. Preach the word. Keep preaching scripture. Keep going hard. Don't let these things. And I, okay, thank you. And I'm, I'm taking counsel from my pastors, my leaders, people that have been with me since day one. That, are, that know the word of God, that have been 30, 40 years in ministry. We got to stay under that covering. We got to stay under that authority. Don't, how, how are you going to leave your local church to follow after some prophet that's teaching you to walk in sin? You're going to leave your pastor that's laid his life down for you, that's sowed into you, that married you, married you and your wife, that loves you, that cares for you, for some man of God that wants you to sow $1,000 or you're going to die next year. And you're leaving your covering and you're leaving your church for that? I'm so confused by this. Look at what verse 10 says. To whom they all gave heed. So the people gave heed from the least to the greatest. And this is what they were saying. Now I want you to notice what I just highlighted. Okay. And I'm just flowing here tonight. Okay? I don't have a bunch of notes here. But I want you to notice what I highlighted. This man is the great power of God. That's not a lowercase g. Are you guys noticing that? That's not a lowercase g. That is a uppercase. What were they saying? They were saying this man is the great power of God being Yahweh, being almighty God. They weren't saying he's a false teacher. He was astonishing the city with his miraculous sorcery. This is what we have in this generation. A bunch of Simon the sorcerers in the pulpit. And he was saying this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him. Why would you heed that? Why would you be okay with people giving demonic prophecies telling you to sow 5,000 to get your marriage why would you be okay with people you know just all this weird stuff that you're allowing them to do opening up your third eye at their services why verse 11 and they heeded him because he astonished them with his sorceries for a long time how much longer are you going to be astonished by witchcraft as Christians what when are we going to go uh something's just off about that there's a lot of good stuff being said, a lot of great work being done, but there's some stuff there. There's some attitudes and some personalities and some actions and weird stuff. Just, uh, I can't put my finger on it, but uh, I'm not it. I don't know. There's something weird going on behind the scenes, but yet, nope. Instead of it, we're seduced. We're seduced by it because we're astonished. Oh, I've never seen, my pastor's never given a phone number. My pastor's never, meanwhile, your pastor's been faithfully preaching the word for years. Well, he's never given someone's phone number. He's never told somebody when they were going to die. And this prophet told, some, told me I was going to get a car accident next year. What? Why would you follow that? Why would you follow that? The goal of witchcraft is to astonish you. The goal of sorcery is to astonish you. The goal of the New Age movement is to go, whoa, it works. I'm speaking things and I'm, it all, all of that, astrology is to astonish you meditation 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 demonic meditation ungodly meditation is to astonish you i heard one guy say jesus isn't the door to god he's a he's just a portal no no come on chat what are we doing and we're cool with that i've told friends of mine like you're cool with this this is how you get down if that's if that's fine i mean if that's you that do you but this is you think this is well you don't know no i do know i literally could just show you the video jesus is the portal not the door to god when the bible directly says he's the door he's the door and you're gonna tell me jesus isn't the door it's just weird 
And I know some people, their blood's boiling, their heart's raising. How dare Isaiah? What? Just tell you the scripture? Don't be mad at me. Be mad at the scripture. Verse 12. But when they believed, Phil, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and, and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they went from following this counterfeit sorcery who was the man, great man of God, great man of power, they were calling him. The real thing shows up and everyone goes, oh no, that's the real thing. We want to follow the real thing. This is what we want to follow. The real or genuine. Verse 13, then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. So Simon starts believing. Simon's on their team. Simon gets baptized. My boy got baptized. And he continued to follow with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles which were done. But here's the problem. And I, again, I'm not going to go into all my notes because I do want to give you the marks. I do want to give you the marks of a false teacher and just remind you guys of these too. So I, I, need it, I need it about 15 minutes to go over that. So I need to just show you this here. Verse 14. Okay. They, he's now following Philip. He's following what God is doing. He's baptized. He's seeing the signs and wonders that were done. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So now the apostles, these are the guys that are higher up than Philip, okay? These are the covering. Like I said, I'm under covering. Covering's not a bad thing. The only reason why you don't like covering is because you're covering something. That's the only reason why someone wouldn't like covering in leadership. If you're hiding something and covering something, then of course you don't want covering. But unlike you, the Bible teaches this. Peter and John, who are apostles, come to check out what's going on. Is this authentic? Is this genuine? Is this real? So when they came, so Peter and John come. When they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So now they're coming. Let's make sure everyone's getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're getting baptized up here, but now we got to make sure they're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we're just checking on, making sure everything's authentic here. These are real disciples. You guys are teaching the right word. We just got to check on you here, Philip, okay? Then verse 16. For as yet none had fallen, for as for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. So the Holy Spirit, the He is the Holy Ghost, had not fallen upon them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So there was that they believed. Okay, and for all of you that are like, well, when you believe, you automatically. I'm not going into all that because I've I've gone it before and I make a bunch of people mad. I'm just going to show you here. They believed here up here. Do you see this? Believed. They got baptized, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. Just saying, don't get mad. Oh, is this a heretic? Just please, just look at here. Then they come, lay hands, and then they receive the Holy Spirit. Now they get the Holy Ghost. Okay, so it's not just all boom, boom, boom. It's right there. Verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, that anyone that I lay hands on might receive the Holy Spirit. Are you noticing a Simon is not all the way in. Simon has some counterfeit to him. You know, maybe he had a good heart and he's trying and he's, he's following and he's a part and he has good intentions. And I'm not questioning anybody's intentions. But look at this. He sees the power and he's reminded of his showmanship. Simon was a, sh a showman. You got, help me Lord. You got to be careful when people are very showy. They're very showmen. This is what the sorcerers were doing. They're, they're, it's a lot of showmanship. We don't see that with the apostles. We see them laying hands. There wasn't, there wasn't this big show that was put on, uh, centralized around one person. Simon comes out of the showmanship of sorcery, sees the apostles and goes, ooh, I like that. 
I see them laying hands, or, you know, a little show going on, Holy Spirit's coming, and I like that. I want to give them money. Can I buy this power? Can I offer them money? Which oftentimes false teachers and witch do Christian witch doctors will do is they'll, they'll just offer you money, okay? I know people, and again, I'm being treading lightly, that have been given exorbitant amounts of money to just not say anything, just be cool, just be friends. Here's a bunch of money. It happens all the time. Trust me. Happens all the time with preachers you follow. Here's a bunch of money. Just be cool. We'll be friends. And if you need more money, let me know. And I'll teach my false teaching. Just don't call me out. And I'll just, you know, we're, we're friends. You're not going to call out a guy that gives you $100,000 or $200,000. You're not going to cut ties with a guy that gives you a couple hundred thousand dollars. So I'm just telling you this whole money thing happens all the time. Verse 20. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. This is what matters. This is why I'm like, Lord, I don't care about anything, anything, as long as my heart is right in the sight of God. It doesn't matter that I think my heart is right. You might be watching, my heart's pure though, Isaiah, but that doesn't matter. Is it right in the sight of God? I want to be pure in God's sight. And so I'm on my knees going, Lord, break me. Lord, I don't want to get arrogant. Lord, humble me. Respond to my own altar calls. I need you, Lord. I'm weak. I'm contrite. I'm broken. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I say this to God all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. Help me, Lord. Help me. I need you. I want to make sure my heart is right. My hands are clean. My heart is pure. There's, there's guys that are out here like, your heart's not right. Well, I could listen to you talk for 10 minutes and we could all tell. Your heart's not right in the sight of God. What is the antidote to the Simons of this generation? Many of them won't do this because their following's too big. Their ministry's too large. The money's too good. When you're charging two to $500 for a conference at your own church, no, you're not going to do this. You don't think it's weird to pay $400 to go to a conference at your own church when the guest speaker's your pastor? You don't think that's weird? Is anybody else like, uh, oh, it's a little bit weird. That happens, it's happening right now all the time. Like the guest speaker is your pastor. He's charging you $400 to come to a conference. All this stuff. This is why we won't see verse 22. Repent therefore of your wickedness. What is that thing? It doesn't even seem like a big deal. It's like, why are you being so harsh, Peter? All he did was say, give me some, I'll give you some money. Give me the power you have. It's not a big deal, is it? I mean, but no, he sees it as wickedness. Now, I would also say all the new age practices I've been talking about, we did the three hour, which you should go watch, prophetic warning to the body of Christ a few weeks ago that was picked up on all these major Christian publications. Praise the Lord. They're doing articles, magazine pieces on the prophetic warning we gave about witchcraft entering the church. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness. This is wickedness. That's what it is. It's wickedness. And pray God if perhaps the thought you're and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you're poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. You're poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. This is what's happening in our generation, the Simon sorcerer of this culture. All over the world, pastors and leaders. Then Simon answered. So he says, Repent. Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you've spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem praying. The preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. This is the right response. Simon the sorcerer, pray to the Lord for me. The guy that rebukes him. Why are we so afraid of a rebuke? 
I want a re- I, I tell my pastors, rebuke me if I need to be rebuked. I've been rebuked tons of times. He gets rebuked harshly. Repent of your wickedness. Do you really think if I told any of my preacher friends and saw something in their life and said, repent of your wickedness, pray that God will forgive you, they would respond with, Isaiah, please pray for me? No, of course not. We're all too arrogant and proud to do that. What does he do? He says, pray to the Lord for me. So he's humbling himself that none of these things would come upon me. We don't know what happened to Simon the sorcerer. I would hope that he repented. It looks like to me here, this is a pretty humble heart that we should have. A pretty humble heart we should have as we teach these things, as we do these things. Now I want to, because I haven't been live in 20 days, I'll go a little bit longer tonight. I want to break down some of these characteristics of a Simon the sorcerer, a Christian witch doctor, false prophet. I don't go around shouting, that person's false, that person's false. That's not what I do. Obviously, I have 1,400 videos. I've never called anybody out. Never called this person's a heretic by name. None of that. But I want to break down. The first chapter of Jude talks a lot about a false teacher and a false prophet. So I'm going to give you five marks, five characteristics quickly here. Starting in verse 3, it says, Dear friends, I've eagerly been planning to write you about the salvation we all share. But now I find I must write you about something else. So he's go, Jude's going, I want to talk to you about salvation that we all share. I want to teach you something. I don't want to be on here tonight teaching this. I don't want to be on here tonight talking about false teachers and prophets and calling out witchcraft. He goes, I want to talk to you about the salvation we all share. But now, this is what he says in verse 3, I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God entrusted you once, and, once for all time to his holy people. Jude says, I got to warn you, there's something happening. There's a Leviathan lurking in the waters of revival. There's something, there's open borders happening right now. There's a border crisis. Things are coming into the church. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? There's a false reformation happening in the body of Christ. Something going on. And he says, I want you to defend the faith. And this is what we're doing. We're fighting back. We're defending the faith. We're not being malicious. We're being biblical. Verse four. I say this, this is Jude. This is incredibly accurate for what's happening in our generation. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying, look at this, that God's, verse four, God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of these people was recorded long ago for they've denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. What are they doing? What are they doing, Jude? They are causing us to think the marvelous grace of God lets us live immoral lives. It's okay to do this. The Bible says this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm just going to make a statement here. And if I continue to get banned, then I mean, it is what it is. The Bible says homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm just saying, and if you say, well, God has grace and God covers that grace, you can still inherit the kingdom of God. Then you are a capital H heretic. The Bible says fornicators will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you tell people they can be fornicators, it's not sin and they're okay because the Bible's not clear on it, then you are a capital H heretic. And this is what Jude is talking about. We're using the grace of God and that grace allows us to live immoral lives. So the first sign is he describes them as what? Type it in the chat, ungodly people. The first sign of false teachers, Christian witch, witch doctors, the Simon the sorcerer, false prophets, is they live ungodly lifestyles. They're ungodly right off the bat. They don't have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Their character is not intact. Think of the way they live their lives. 
if you're allowing other people to worship you and praise you and you're untouchable and you're this elevated person that's ungodly that's not the way jesus was he was humble the bible says he washed people's feet he washed feet he humbled himself so if we're allowing now people might worship us people might say isaiah and follow me and, and it be a cult-like and they worship me but if i allow it that's where the sin comes in so i have to keep saying it's not about me every time i preach i have to say it's not about me don't wait in line for me i'm not going to do a show i'm not going to do a prophetic line i'm not going to do a deliverance line i will go in in and pray for people as i feel led but i'm not putting on a show for you it's not about isaiah if you start allowing people to worship you then you are now in sin so we have to put that safeguard up and say don't worship me guys follow me as i follow christ don't worship me so we can't allow worship we can't allow ungodly because it's ungodly to allow people to worship you we can't be watching filth it's ungodly okay we, we got to be careful what we're listening to because these people are worming their way in now i just described some of your guys's favorite preachers some of these mega churches i'm like how are they wearing a t-shirt of some secular band with some demonic imagery on sunday morning preaching at some of the largest churches in america what is happening they're wearing pink floyd or is that even the name i don't know acdc i'm like you're preaching in an acdc shirt doesn't that stand for antichrist devil child or am i wrong i'm just like what and they're wearing it and the, the thousands of people are like yay i'm like no immoral ungodly false teachers Isaiah's legalistic then call me legalistic oh I'd rather err on the side of scripture we're under the new covenant Isaiah no Jude's saying you're using that new covenant grace to live immoral lives no we can do better guys we can do better do not live immoral lives look at what Jeremiah 23 14 says among the prophets of Jerusalem I've seen a horrible thing the committing of adultery and walking in falsehood so the prophets in Jeremiah's day were committing adultery they were sleeping outside of marriage and they were walking in falsehood and this says they strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one has turned their back from his wickedness all of them have become to me like Sodom and their inhabitants like Gomorrah Jeremiah was calling the prophets of his day he said they're like Sodom and Gomorrah to me they live just like that they're committing adultery they walk in falsehood this is what Jeremiah is saying in Jeremiah 23 14 they're living immoral life styles we constantly see preachers fall and they'll continue to fall as long as they're living unchecked unchecked the word of God is not their guide they have no spiritual covering no authority they're living unchecked doing whatever they want to do so number one is they live immoral lives they're ungodly number two mark of a false teacher false prophet a Simon the sorcerer a Christian witch doctor is they preach a mixed message and I've been railing on this mixing in the new age mixing in the new age third eye astral projection all this trash new age new age you know what astrologers say astrologers and mediums and psychics this is what they do oh you have a you have a um sickness in your body if you don't give me a five hundred dollars then you're gonna die of that sickness that is literally what mediums do that's what astrologers do I have a lot of friends that I've done ministry with that came out of the new age that were mediums and astrologers that's what they did give me $500 or this bad thing will happen and now that same thing is happening in the body of Christ and y'all are just like oh brother not big deal don't speak out against men of God no you're not a man of God if you're telling people if they don't pay you they're gonna die 
You're a con artist. That's what you are. You're a grifter. You're not a man of God. I'm telling you right now, if you tell somebody you're going to die in a year and a half, but the Lord says give $1,000 if you want to live, you are, a, you are a faker. You are a con artist. That's what you are. They, number two is they preach a mixed message. Look at what Jeremiah 23, 13 says. Among the prophets of Samaria, I saw an offensive thing. They prophesied by Baal and led my people astray. These are prophets prophesying by Baal, by the power of Baal. They're, they're prophesying. And these are prophets of Samaria, God's prophets of Samaria, prophesying with Baal. So they're mingling in the things of the flesh and the things of the spirit. They're mingling in the new age practice. They're weaving them in, grafting them into the body of Christ. These casino prophets, they're grafting them into the body of Christ right now. And we're, and we're allowing it and we're allowing it. And it's like, oh, and I'm, and, and again, let me just remind you, I'm the bad guy. Let me just remind you, like right now, I'm the bad guy. When me and Mike and Pagani did our video, we are the bad guys now. We're the bad guys now. We're the ones on the out. We're the, oh, you guys are bad. You guys are bad. You spoke against. I literally have lost multiple friendships from making that video. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to call out witchcraft. My bad. I didn't know I needed to get permission from all my preacher friends to call out witchcraft. Next time I'll make sure before I call out sin, I get your permission. That's so weird. That's so weird that we speak the word we call out clear anti-biblical teachings and it's like, oh no, you're bad. You're legalistic. You're self-righteous. Okay. All right. Mixing in the teachings of Baal. Telling people you don't have to live that difficult, narrow road. Preaching an easy gospel. And not even preaching the gospel a lot of the times. Not even preaching the gospel a lot of the times. Just preaching whatever. Whatever new thing that came into your head. I, saw, I listened to some preachers and I'm thinking like, are you sometimes like just saying whatever comes into your head? Are you just like saying whatever pops in your head? Because I hear some of these things that are supposed to be like deep teachings and I'm like, that's a, that sounds like a joke to me. I feel like you just got up there and just started saying whatever was in your head. But when you're not in the word, I mean, I guess it's, it's just whatever, whatever pops in your, whatever cool new age sounding thing pops in your head, you're going to say. They teach a mixed message. Jeremiah 23, 17. Look at what it says. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord has said you, said you will have peace. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, calamity will not come upon you. They basically prophesy peace and prophesy God's okay with your lifestyle, your, your blessings coming, when really all there is is war. Really all there is is war with you and God. Really all there is is nothing but nothing but darkness in your life. And they're saying like, oh, God says this and God says that. And they're prophesying, dis basically saying your disobedience is okay. They won't talk about judgment. Number three, they deny the Lordship of Christ. They don't deny Jesus, but they deny Jesus lording over people. Jude goes, they denied our only master, the Lord Jesus Christ. They say things like, Jesus is just your friend. Jesus is just a portal. Jesus isn't God. Friend, if you're listening to anybody that says Jesus isn't God, run as fast and as far as you can. Jesus isn't the word. What do you mean he's not the word? Have you not read John 1? I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're a preacher that hasn't read John chapter 1. If you're going to say Jesus isn't the word, I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You haven't read John 1, but I need you to go read John 1. Jesus, of course, is the word. But they deny that lordship, that he's the master. He's not, friend, he's not just your friend. He's your master. And he's not cool with whatever you want to do. He's not like, oh, just chill out, Jesus. Just be hip. It's 2023. Get with it. No. Jude says, he's our master. He's our Lord. 
And we need to preach the lordship and the mastering of Jesus Christ. Submit to his lordship. He's not just your savior. He's the master of your life. He died as a savior, but he rose as a king and he's Lord. He governs my life. I can't do anything that he's want me to do. My life is not my own. I've given my body to him. That's the bottom line. Okay. He doesn't revolve around my life. My whole world revolves around him. He's the center. He's the center. Look at what Jude it says in verse 12. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they're like dangerous reefs that shipwreck you. They're like shameless shepherds who only care for themselves. They're like clouds blowing over land without giving rain. They're like trees that are dead, that bear no fruit, that have been pulled up by the roots. Verse 13, they're like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They're like wandering stars, doomed forever to the blackest darkness. Whoa! This is what Jude has to say about false teachers and prophets that have come into the church, that are amongst the church of that day. Dead trees, uh, churning up waves that churn up foam of shameful deeds, stars that are doomed to the blackest darkness, shameless shepherds, clouds that blow over land but don't give out any rain. Whoa, this is what he says. This is strong. I am not even being this strong. I'm being strong, but not this strong. But notice what he says. They can shipwreck you. They're dangerous reefs. If you don't know what a reef is, it's literally in the ocean and you can be driving your boat and hit a reef in the middle of the ocean and shipwreck your boat, thinking it's deep, but really there's a reef there. And he says, you're just following them. You're just riding along and thinking everything's fine. And then boom, you hit that reef and it shipwrecks your faith. Ever since I started listening to that guy, I don't know what happened, this bad thing, boom, your, your faith has been shipwrecked because you're wandering away from God in protection. Okay, that's number three. Number four, I'm only going by what Jude said. These are the marks of a false teacher according to Jude. Number four is they constantly claim authority from their dreams and visions. Look at what verse eight says. Again, don't get mad at me. Get mad at Jude. Look what he says in verse eight. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. So what do they do? They live immoral. They defy authority. They claim authority from their dreams. They're always dreaming. Every five seconds, an angel's talking to them. Every five seconds, they're at the throne of God. Every five seconds, they're, you know, God just showed me an angel, an angel, an angel. I'm like, you just talked to like 35 different angels in the, in the span of a 30-minute live stream. Every second, you're at the throne of God. How are you the only? I, my head just is like, I'm just trying to figure out, how are you the only preacher in America that every five minutes, you're at the throne of God getting a revelation for that person? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're the most special God's anointed person, but I'm just, I'm very leery of this. I had a dream and you're giving authority by a dream, a dream, a, a lot of emotionalism, a lot of a dream, a lot of a prophetic word. God told me, no, he didn't just stop lying. He didn't tell you I was going to die in two years. He didn't tell you if I came against your teachings, I would, my ministry would be shipwrecked. Friend, for 12 years, I've had ministers say, don't touch God's anointing. If you preach against what I'm preaching, you're going to die. And that was 12 years ago. I'm still alive. So stop trying to say, God is not out here killing people for you. I'm sorry to tell you, but God's not like, who do you want me to kill next? Who else is speaking against you? Stop with that. Don't touch God's anointed, taking that out of context and saying, oh, watch what happens. If you keep trying to come against me, you, oh, you're going to get it. God's going to kill me. God's going to kill you. No, the reason why we have to threaten people with, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to take you to court is because God is not out here killing nobody. If God was doing that, then why you got to take people to court? You know what I'm saying here? 
So stop with this whole, don't touch God's anointing, be, watch out, be careful. That's just, just, just intimidation. Preaching the word of God is what we're called to do. But claiming authority from visions and dreams. Jeremiah 23, 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They're leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination. It's not from the mouth of the Lord. So they're speaking from their own mind, their own imagination, claiming it to be God. It wasn't the Lord. It was you. Jeremiah 23, 30. Therefore, I'm against these prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words from each other. What else are they doing? They're just stealing prophetic words from each other. They hear a good word or a good message and they steal it and take it and use it as God showed me. God told me, no, he didn't. You took it from someone else. You stole the word. Just say, I got this message from so-and-so. Pray. I send my notes to people all the time. I'm like, use my notes, feel free. But don't say, God showed me this when really it was your friend that gave you the notes. Okay, it's just, it's, uh, it's disingenuous. Okay, verse five, last mark of a false teacher, false prophet. They refuse any accountability and responsibility. Jude says they scoff at authority. False prophets evade Write this down, accountability. They'll say things like, touch not mine anointed. And that's a true statement. You should not harm anyone anointed by God, but that's out of context. They're using it to escape accountability. They can live sinful lives and then say, touch not my anointed. So they think by you testing their word, which we're commanded to do, I'm going to show you this, or holding them accountable, which is all I'm doing tonight, that you're trying to harm them. Why did you come? I'm like, I didn't come against you. I came against the teaching and you, you thought I was coming against you because you scoff at authority. You evade accountability. You evade authority. There is a lot of guys that all of their accountability is yes men. All of their authority is yes men. And if you don't agree with them, then they kick you out of their life. I get it. It's fine. But don't lie and act like that's not what's happening. Now, the verse they quote comes from Psalms 105.13. And it's about doing wrong to God's anointed, but it's not about holding a prophet accountable to what the Bible says. Let me say that again. The verse they quote about touch not my anointed is from Psalms 105, 13. And it's not about holding prophets and teachers accountable to what they're teaching. It's about harming, physically harming God's anointed. Look at what 1 John 4, 1 says. It says, test the spirits. So we're just doing what the Bible says. We're testing and like, ah, that didn't pass the test. The test is, did that manifestation lead people to Jesus? Is it, is it lining up with scripture? If I just say, nope, that doesn't line up with scripture, you've already passed, you failed the test. That spirit's not from God. Doesn't line up with scripture, not from God. But the guys that don't line up with scripture will say, it doesn't have to line up with scripture. And absolutely, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay, so 1 John 4, 1, test the spirits. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, judge prophecy. So I'm commanded to judge prophecy. If I give a prophetic word, I, I'm prophesying tonight, someone can judge it. Feel free. Judge it. If you don't think it's from God, cool. All right. But we're called to judge prophecy according to scripture. I'm called to judge prophecy. 1 Timothy 5, 19-20 speaks of accountability, and it says it's not wrong or it doesn't harm people to hold them accountable. So false prophets will often take to social media to try to discredit anyone that's keeping them accountable. They'll just take to social media and they'll go, oh, this person, this, and they'll defend themselves and their fault. Instead of repenting and saying, I, I was wrong here. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I, re I regret it. The word didn't come to pass or I prophesied wrongly or I preached something that was an error or I said something wrong. Sorry. I made my sorry video about not knowing about a, a liquid death 
commercial. I was, I was, I was not informed. I had the wrong facts. I gave wrong facts about the commercial and I made a full apology video. I'm sorry. I didn't know the facts. Someone gave me the facts. And so here I am saying, sorry over something that trivial, how much more if I'm preaching a false doctrine and then I learn the doctrines false, heretical, anti-biblical, would I, should I come on here and say, Hey guys, I know I said this wasn't wrong. This sin wasn't wrong, but actually I was wrong because it is wrong. According to the Bible, I'm sorry, please forgive me. That's all you have to do. But instead you try to like backtrack and say, Oh, well, and you clean it up. No, we don't do that. We need to don't take the social media to discredit the people calling you out. Look at the teaching and go, maybe third eye is not godly. Maybe there's a reason why the new age uses it. And it's not in the Bible. Uh, maybe I shouldn't tell people get $5,000 or they won't get married. Or maybe I shouldn't tell people they're going to die in two years. Maybe I don't have a biblical precedent to walk around telling people you're going to die in a year or not and prophesying death over them. So I think we need to be careful that we're not writing to our influential friends and our influential networks to justify what the word of God tells us we shouldn't justify. It's time for us, all of us, to break out of the confusion, the delusion, thinking that we can buy the anointing. Lord, help us to break out of confusion in Jesus' name. Lord, help us right now. I pray, Lord, that you would expose all New Age witchcraft, that you'd expose all New Age teachings. Right now, guys, there's 3,500 of you. God can break this off of us. God can break this New Age spirit off of us. God can break this New Age demonic teaching that's entering the church off, and God can open your eyes. I pray your eyes would be opened. I have not been malicious at all. I just said we need to talk because the borders are open and the church has had... You're like, I, I don't know about this. Good. If you don't know about the New Age stuff I'm talking about, good. But it's invading the church. And it's even invading my circles. This New Age stuff is invading the deliverance realm and the deliverance circles. So you're like, why isn't so-and-so with so-and-so? Just stop being all confused. Just keep your eyes on God. Don't get it, give in to drama and seventh grade immaturity. There's no factions. There's no groups. There's no this person is better than this person. We have to stand with what the Bible says. Don't stand with Isaiah. Stand with the Bible. Stand with the word of God. This is what we need to do. We got to stand strong. We have to break out of delusion, break out of confusion, and repent. This is what Paul said to Simon. Repent. Father, help us to repent. Help us, Lord, for our eyes to be open that we don't fall into delusion. Lord, help us to not fall into compromise. Help us to not fall into these false doctrines that are entering the church and these false teachings. But Lord, help us to walk in your will and to walk in your way. Stand firm. Father, we pray that every foul spirit, every confusing spirit, every demonic power that has caused us to be confused, I pray you'd break it off of us. I pray that you'd break discouragement. If you need discouragement broken off of you, this is your prayer right now. I, and it's for me too, because I've been discouraged lately. I've been in a funk lately. I pray, Lord, that you'd break discouragement off of us in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, I pray, Father, break it. Spirit of discouragement, you have no power over me. You have no power over this community, over the church. We break it in Jesus' mighty name. We break it in Jesus' mighty name. All discouragement, all weariness, all new age spirits. I pray right now, Lord, deliver us from any open door. Any open door, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray that we'd be bold. I pray that we'd be strong. I pray that we would be preaching the gospel, casting out devils, 
and praying for those that are sick. I pray, Lord, that you would release the gift of prophecy, that real prophets would rise up, real ministers would rise up in Jesus' name. Rise them up, God. Authentic ministries, authentic ministers, authentic men and women of God that would walk in holiness, that would walk in righteousness. Lord, just free us in Jesus' name. Wash us in Jesus' name. Deliver us in Jesus' name. Make us whole, I pray in Jesus' name. Right now, touch every person, God, in their bodies. Heal them, deliver them, save them. I just pray, God, that you would do what only you can do. I pray for your anointing. I pray for your fire. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would mark us. You would break weariness, anxiety, discouragement. Every foul spirit must go in Jesus' name. Every foul spirit must go in Jesus' name. Let us walk in holiness, Father. Let us walk in holiness, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Touch touch every person in the broadcast tonight, God. I pray healing over families. I pray salvation over families. I pray breakthrough over families in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Touch them right now. Authentic prophets rise up. There's so many great prophets in the, in the land right now. And I pray more would rise up in Jesus' name. More apostles, God. More teachers, more pastors, more prophets, more evangelists would rise up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for unity in the body of Christ. Godly unity. And like I've said before, guys, is witchcraft something to divide over? Yes. I have a video coming out at 8 o'clock on the second channel about that. Is, is witchcraft something to divide over? Yes. We don't unify with witchcraft. We don't unify with witchcraft. Father, do what only you can do. Break the new age. Break the demonic powers off the church right now. Every person watching, I pray you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that this will be the year our families are saved, our families are delivered, our families are healed. Family revival, fresh touch, fresh anointing. God, let us live this like the disciples. Everywhere we go, let us walk this out. I pray, God, in the midst of the persecution coming, let us stand strong. All of you people that are pastors, preachers, influencers, whatever, stand strong. And I pray, Lord, in the midst of these teachings that are coming in, that we would resist these teachings. We'd resist the new age teachings that are coming into the church. We'd resist the antichrist teachings that would come into the church. In Jesus' name, do what only you can do. Those that were like me that were atheists 12 years ago, I pray God, save them tonight, God. Anoint them tonight, God. Encounter them tonight. In Jesus' name, God, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.